This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. House call for Isom. To college. Connor Stallions. Like, bro, get a life. To the pros. Wait. Anything about Clayton Toon. No. And that's why I like it. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. No, 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 no. Turn it off, Ben. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. We don't need to hear that. Today is about the Detroit Lions. And if your name isn't Aaron Glenn, Jared Goff, Jerry Jacobs, or Jack Campbell, yesterday was awesome. Jack Campbell was not. Guys, I want to ask the question, was yesterday's win against the Bears encouraging or concerning? Because if you ask me, the Lions are, in fact, good enough to win a Super Bowl. That was my takeaway from yesterday's game. I know what you're thinking. Well, why would you be encouraged by a win in which they barely beat a division rival team, the Chicago Bears? And by the way, this is the payoff. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to 100.9 The Mitt. This is Ben Bosher, Ben Clevenger in the producer chair. But I was encouraged yesterday by the Detroit Lions. No, not because they beat the Chicago Bears, but in the fashion they did it. Let's be clear about one thing. The Bears are a little bit better than expected. I'm not going to sell you and tell you they're one of the best teams in the NFL, but they've taken steps and are no longer the worst. They're 21st in offense. And haven't we all been saying for weeks that mobile quarterbacks are the Achilles heel of the Detroit Lions? Justin Fields ran for 104 rushing yards. DJ Moore had seven receptions for 96. They did everything right. And on paper, it looks like they should have won this game. Yet, the Lions stood up when they needed to the most. They held the Lions to 115 rushing yards. Only three teams have done that this season. So the Bears are, in fact, a little bit better than most people give them credit for. Especially with Justin Fields under center. But... The thing about the playoffs is it typically comes down to one-score games. And those games typically come down to just a few key plays. Take last year's playoffs, for example. Four of the six wildcard games went down to one score. Three of the four divisional games, one score. One of the two conference championships game, championship games went down to one score. And the other one was the Brock Purdy incident in which he didn't have arms. And then there was the Super Bowl. 38-35. Altogether, 75% of the playoff games last year came down to one score, and those games come down to a few plays. Take Jalen Hurts' fumble in the Super Bowl, for example, or Mahomes getting his team up and down the field in 13 seconds. Those plays typically aren't made by nobodies. And the reason I was encouraged yesterday by the Lions' win, rather than discouraged that they barely beat a Bears team, is because you have playmakers everywhere. And that was so apparent yesterday. What's the reason everyone fears the Niners? Because you look across the field, 
And they've just got dudes everywhere on both sides of the football. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Bosa, Warner, Chase Young. Everywhere you look, there's someone who's capable of wrecking a game or a play. And the Lions roster is beginning to fill up with those type of players, guys. Look what Amonra St. Brown does every single week. Defenses are horrified of him. Eight receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown, his worst performance in a month. Jameer Gibbs, four straight games of a touchdown. 100 scrimmage yards in three of the last four. He's a guy you have to worry about who's capable of breaking one at any given moment. And don't even get me started about David Montgomery, who's just been an absolute workhorse of a running back since he's put on the Honolulu Blue. Scored the game-winning touchdown yesterday. There's so many elements and factors that you have to account for on this team. You can't just focus in on one guy. And I know what you're thinking. Well, you haven't said anybody on the defensive side of the ball. Brian Branch plays like he's on crack. He had three tackles for a loss yesterday. He, and I don't say this lightly, is Troy Palomalu-esque. He is everywhere wreaking havoc on your run game while getting pass breakups and defending anyone you want him to in the pass game. He is one of the best rookies the Lions have had in a long time. He is one of the best DBs in the NFL, not just rookies. One of the best guys in the league. Evangeloni flying around the field. Laporta coming in clutch at the end of the game. You look up and down this roster and there's dudes who step up when you need them to the most. There's a lot of guys on this roster you have to worry about. And that was very apparent yesterday. Now I'm not telling you the Lions should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl by any means. But yesterday's game was encouraging for me because I've been very upfront with you guys on the show to where I didn't think this team was in my Super Bowl bubble. There was too many holes on the defensive side of the ball. I was worried about what might happen when you see Jalen Hurts. But I don't really care who you play. When your back is against the wall and you are lifeless, you need players to step up. You need spark plugs. And the Lions have a whole lot of those. They shouldn't be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And if you look at the Super Bowl odds, that is indicated. Kansas City is the favorite. San Francisco, the favorite in the NFC. Philly right behind them. Miami, Baltimore. And then it's Dallas at plus 1,100. Detroit at plus 1,300. And then Jacksonville, Jacksonville takes a step back at 1,900. Detroit's in the right spot. And you can argue they're better than the Cowboys. We'll find out week 17. That'll be decided. But when you get back to the playoff moments, the ones that flip games, the Lions have enough guys to step up. You saw it yesterday. Hutchinson has been silent. Gone. Hasn't made an impact for a month. And whether that's his fault or Brad Holmes' fault for not giving him any help, it doesn't matter. He's ultimately been disappointing this year. But when you needed him to step up the most, when the Lions needed him to make a play yesterday, he did. He got to Justin Fields. 
He stripped them, and the Lions got the ball back and won the game. This defense has holes, obviously. It's not the best defense in the league. But you start looking around, whether it's on the secondary, the linebackers, on the defensive line. There's people you have to worry about. And again, I don't care if you're playing Chicago, Kansas City, Philadelphia, or Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines. They've got a whole bunch of guys you can count on to make a play when the game is on the line, on both sides of the football. Defense isn't world beaters. That's fine. They don't need to be when the offense is this electric. This team was dead. Lifeless. And who of all people lit the flame that ignited this Lions comeback? Jamison Williams, who's starting to build a little bit of trust. So I ask everyone else, are you discouraged or encouraged by yesterday's game? Because on paper, you beat a Chicago Bears team with just a few wins on the season, and it's like, you had to come back to do it? But you look at how it happened. You were stumbling. You were one punch away from being completely knocked out of it. One of the biggest upsets of the year. And you fought and scratched and clawed and bit kneecaps to get yourself back into it. That's a team effort. You don't have Patrick Mahomes. You don't have Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. You don't have a superstar under center. But there are some dudes across the roster that'll make up for it. Some dudes that you have to worry about every single play of breaking one loose or picking off a ball or causing a strip sack. Those are your blue chip type players. Those are the guys that swing football games. And the Lions have a lot of them for the first time ever. The Calvin Johnson era was fun. Nadamik and Sue, you had some guys. But this year is different. This year, it feels like they have a whole roster full of guys who you have to worry about as an opposing team. So to me, I watched yesterday's game, and as someone who went into the weekend thinking, I'm a little worried about this Lions defense. What happens when you play Philly? What happens when you play San Francisco? As someone who is skeptical about this team's ceiling, I look at yesterday's game and think to myself, wow. This team is capable of anything. There's enough players everywhere to make a damn difference in a football game. You scratched and clawed your way back into it. You were dead, lifeless. Because of all those guys, because of all those players, not just any players, not just bums, dudes who will be on Pro Bowls, dudes who will be on all pro teams, People who have come up clutch time and time again in previous games that have won you games. Hell, Kirby Joseph is having the worst year of his, uh, he's having a much worse year than he did his rookie season. But we've seen it multiple times. He's won the Lions playoff uh, games. You guys remember last year in Green Bay? Who won that game? Kirby Joseph. And he's what? The 10th best player on this team? There's playmakers. And I was encouraged yesterday. By all of them. Not a lot of teams are capable of climbing out of that hole. Not a lot of teams without a superstar quarterback can get themselves into the a contention to win the Super Bowl. The Lions are one of those team guys.
It's San Fran and it's the Lions. Those are the only teams right now that don't have a superstar quarterback that are in real contention for a Super Bowl. And let's just face it, Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. And while the Lions may not have the better of the defense, they've got a better offense in San Francisco. They've got more studs, or at least just as much. I'll put Montgomery, Gibbs, Jamison Williams, Amonra St. Brown in that offensive line, not to mention Laporta, up against anybody in the league. And I'm taking the Lions. I was encouraged. Were you? Or are you still a little shaken up by the mobile quarterback thing? 989-837-6125. Was this encouraging? Was this discouraging? Does it change how you view this team? Give me your thoughts on yesterday's game against the Chicago Bears. We'll keep this thing rolling on the payoff. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues more from the great lakes bay region's home for sports sports radio 100.9 the mitt it was far from a perfect game yesterday for the detroit lions and we're going to stay away from michigan a little bit today we'll talk about the game this week don't you worry but today is dedicated to the detroit lions because man I, i i still can't really believe that they won that game they were dead Lifeless. Had to be revived by Jamison Williams. I had to keep telling myself out loud over and over again, wait, they, they won that game. They're 8-2. and two. It was over. It was done, guys. They were dead in the water. And when you needed them to step up the most, they did. That was Jared Goff's worst game of the season. I can confidently say... When week 18 is concluded, we'll look back against uh, at the, this Bears game, and it will be Jared Goff's worst game. He was awful, and they still overcame that and won. Now, Jared Goff can't be that bad against the Eagles or the Niners, and you expect to overcome that. That can't happen. But if you play like that, and Jared Goff plays a lot better against those type of teams, now we're talking about something. Because this Lions offense, it feels like when they turn it on, no one can stop them. No team in the league can stop this Lions offense when it's humming. Now, the wounds were self-inflicted yesterday. They dug themselves into that hole. And they had a real hard time stopping Justin Fields on the ground. However, it was not over. Until the Lions decided it was over. And credit to Dan Campbell for that. He had such a nice quote after the game. Basically telling his team, uh, here, I'll just read it for you. I actually went down there and said, it doesn't get any better than this. This is where you want to be right now. Game on the line. You've got a chance to make a big stop and win this game. And then Hutchinson went out there and forced the fumble and the safety. Those are the moments that we're built for, he said. I demanded a Lions blowout on Friday. I did. I said anything else would be disappointing, and somehow I was the one that was incorrect. We didn't get a blowout, but what we got was something even greater. The Lions were able to display that they can get themselves back into any sort of game. They are capable of pulling things out of their butts and putting up wins on the scoreboard, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters to that team. Would we have liked to see a blowout? Yes. But don't forget, 
Dan Campbell's never been in the playoffs. He's never been in those type of high-pressure situations. The closest thing he's had to that is the Green Bay Week Week 18 game last year. He's never been in these high-pressure type of situations. And playoff games are typically decided by one score. Like I said, last year, 75% of the games were decided by seven points or less. So Dan Campbell got some experience in those high-pressure, back-against-the-wall situations. How are we not a little happy about the way that he came out of that? This is an inexperienced coach we're talking about, guys. And Campbell was phenomenal. Ben Johnson was great. And when the Bears decided to do the most predictable three set of downs I've ever seen in my life, the defense rose to the occasion. They did it. Their backs were against the wall, and Dan Campbell got this team to step up. Dan Campbell deserves a lot of credit for that because there's a lot of teams in this league that don't have the, that, that would throw in the towel in that situation. They wouldn't even have the idea to get themselves back into it, to count themselves out. I think the Chiefs are the best example of the complete opposite. They're literally never out of a game because they have Patrick Mahomes. And the Lions are never out of a game because they have Dan Campbell and they have Ben Johnson. And one of the most electric offenses we've ever laid our eyes on. Let's hit the Frick Sports Bar text line again. I want to hear what you guys think. Was this disappointing that they only won by a couple points against this Chicago Bears team? Or are you encouraged as to how they finished this one out? 989-837-6125. Dwayne says, let's be clear about why. Uh, let's be clear about why to be encouraged by our Lions. Jared should have thrown five interceptions, but instead threw instead of three, but two were dropped, plus Craig Reynolds' fumble. They were outclocked 40 minutes to 20, yet with how badly we played, we still win the game. The SOL Lions would have lost this game in the past. Yes, it was the Bears, but the Bears are not that bad, yet we stayed poised and won. Exactly. You were out. You were done. Knocked out. Cold. I was getting ready to uh, accept it. I, I had accepted it, and I'm sure a lot of people did. This was the slip-up. This was the screw-up. This was the game that they beat themselves in. They hadn't, we hadn't really seen that since Seattle. But this golf thing, you couldn't overcome it. And he, to his credit, it, it was his worst game. Like I said, he deserves some blame there. But he stayed poised. He stayed calm. He stayed collected. That's a lot better than what we saw last year. I feel better about the Lions after yesterday. I know they only beat the Bears by a couple points, but it's how they did it. I mean, if, if a boxer or a UFC fighter, your favorite guys, gets dominated for four rounds and it's shocking, shockingly, the underdog is about to pull this thing out, and then he steps up, hits him with the one-two combo, and knocks a dude out cold, and the favorite ends up winning, Isn't that exactly why they're the favorites? Because you believe that they're going to be able to do it? Dan Campbell has this team believing. Ben Johnson, Jared Goff has this team believing. And they have enough playmakers to where I believe it too. They can overcome Jared Goff being the most immobile quarterback in the NFL. He's a pumpkin. Pumpkins don't move on their own. Jared Goff barely does. Yet they have the best offense in the league. Jared Goff threw 
multiple interceptions yesterday. Craig Reynolds fumbled on a special teams kick return and gave the Bears possession in Lions territory. And they still won that game. They found a way. I was encouraged. 989-837-6125. Jalen from Midland chiming in. Says, Glenn is hurting us with our defensive scheme. Glenn is not good at adjustments. I love my Lions, but Glenn is hurting this team with his lack of improvising. We fans can see better and could uh, devise a better defensive strategy than Glenn. Glenn is stubborn as hell and not good. Uh, yeah, Glenn has not been great. Glenn has not been great at adjusting by any means. He has his ways. He's very set upon them. And one of those ways is, you know what? We're going to contain quarterbacks. We're not going to blitz them. We're not going to send the house. We're going to contain these mobile guys and keep them in the pocket. That really hasn't worked out. Justin Fields ran for over 100 yards yesterday. But to be fair, threw for less than 200. And now Justin Fields is 1-3 and three against this Lions team. I don't think Glenn is the long-term answer at defensive coordinator. And the fact that he got head coaching jobs last year or interviews blew my mind. I legitimately do not know how anyone watched the Lions defense last year and thought, let's bring Aaron Glenn in for an interview to be our new head coach. It didn't end up happening. Maybe you just wanted to see what the Lions were doing. I don't know. But yeah, Glenn is, Glenn is not the answer. Glenn is, in fact, a problem. I agree with you, Jalen. However, at the end of the day, you have multiple guys on this defensive side of the ball who you trust in big plays. Brian Branch, oh my goodness. I mean, do we even need to get into some of the stuff that he does? The only rookie to ever have three tackles or to ever have five tackles for a loss in a season since 1999. The NFL's first rookie DB in over a decade to have five tackles for a loss in a season. He's incredible. Like I've never seen anything like he's all over the field. This dude plays nickel and you try to run the ball and he's just in the backfield disrupting your play. Aiden Hutchinson comes up clutch. Timely sack wins the game. Kirby Joseph has had a down year, but led all rookies in turnovers last year with six of them things. And oh yeah, I forgot to mention, maybe the best defensive player on the entire roster is still coming back. You guys see that video of him working out? Hitting the chest press machine or the shoulder press? He said on IG Live after the game, he's going to be back in three weeks. Now, whether or not I believe him, a different story. I think a lot of guys think they're going to get back a lot sooner than they originally planned. For example, Aaron Rodgers saying he's going to play on a torn Achilles this season. Yeah, this is just not happening. Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe you. You're not coming back into this thing. 989-837-6125. Were you encouraged or discouraged by the way that the Lions won the game yesterday? I know it was only against the Chicago Bears, but they're better than their record suggests. Justin Fields is the Achilles heel. He is the mobile quarterback that scares you. He's the dude that has you frustrated. He's exactly what the Lions have feared for a long time. Yet they still beat him. Three and one against him. And he did exactly what you fear mobile quarterbacks don't do against his team. What's the Achilles heel? Mobile quarterbacks. What Justin Fields do? Run for over 100 yards. 
got them the lead. It certainly put fear into this Lions team. And if you go back and look at the games Justin Fields has played against the Lions, there's one blowout, but most of the games have been close, and he's made a sweat a few of, a few of them out. But I'm telling you, this Dan Campbell-led team is different. They are not out of this thing until there's zeros on the clock. Justin Fields is the exact definition and description of what the Lions should fear. A mobile quarterback, likes to run, way more athletic than anyone on our defense. And they still find a way to win. Come up clutch, get a sack at the end of the game. Are you encouraged or discouraged by the way that they got a W? 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. We'll hit the text line when you come back. Legion's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Are you encouraged or discouraged by the way the Lions won this game? Because if you ask me, while they were outside my Super Bowl window going into the weekend, I removed the Bengals from that without Joe Burrow, and I insert the Lions into this team, into, into the Super Bowl bubble. The fact that you can play that bad and still find a way to win, I don't care who you're playing. It can be the Bears. It can be the Panthers. It can be the Vikings. It can be the Chiefs. It could be Alabama. I don't care. You're back against the wall like that and you find a way to win despite your quarterback having multiple turnovers and having a special teams turnover as well. That's hard to do. And the Lions gutted this thing out. And we'll get to the Michigan Wolverines tomorrow, but it's only an hour show. If you ask me, the Lions game was so important to the season, to this state, to the city of Detroit, to the fans. My goodness, this team is giving us something special. I have to keep telling myself out loud, they're 8-2. and two. And yesterday's game might have been the most immaculate one we've seen all season long. A blowout would have been great. Sure, fantastic. They blew out the Chicago Bears. But like Dan Campbell said, they might have done something even better. They got to prove to everyone this team's capable of anything. Odds stacked against us, they don't care. 99% chance to lose, according to the ESPN metric, don't care. This is what you want. You want the Bears, think about it from this standpoint. What would have been worse for a Bears fan? If our goal is to embarrass Bears fans, make them feel like crap, which should always be your goal against when you play division rivals, what would have been more defeating for the Bears fans? A 20-point loss or the way that they lost yesterday? I had Bears fans crying texting me in their lives. Matt Eberflus is now 6-22. 6-22 as their head coach. I, I thought there was a decent chance he got fired on the spot yesterday, yesterday after the game. What they did yesterday, they humiliated the Bears. And they proved to themselves when they're down. Because that's going to happen again, guys. I promise you. I've been saying it for a while. Not every game in the playoffs is a blowout. 75% of them last year, one score games. So when your back's against the wall, the Lions now have a little bit of experience and internal belief that they can win those type of games because they did it yesterday. Yes, it'll be harder against teams like Philadelphia. It'll be harder against teams like San Francisco. But they internally believe they can do it because they have evidence of it. And they got that yesterday. More on the Frick Sports Bar text line. Join the conversation, 989-837-6125.
This is Jay from Gladwin. I'm always encouraged when a team can play bad and still find a, t- a way to win at the end. That's what good teams do. You hit it right on the nail head, Jay. Bruce from Hem- Hemlock. Encouraged. Was at the game. Sat in front of uh, the end zone where winning points were scored and Minnesota lost too. Even nephew happy. Even nephew happy even though he had to pay for. Oh, even though he had to pay for parking twice. <laughs> Bruce. Ah, that, I, I, I am jealous that you were at the game. I'm jealous of anyone who got themselves into that building. I had someone that I knew was at the game and I was able to text him a little bit saying, how was that atmosphere? He said it was the most electric it's been in his entire life. And that person has season tickets goes to almost every home game. That yesterday was the loudest that building has ever been. Would it have been that loud in a 20 point loss or a 20 point victory? Would it have been that loud, that electric if they blew the bears out of the water from the beginning? No, don't stress about yesterday. Don't be discouraged. Enjoy this season, guys. They're eight and two. Enjoy every moment of it. Because not only we're entering a territory where not only is this special for the Lions, this is special in the NFL. How many teams get to eight and two every year? Two, three, at most? Usually one? This isn't just special for the Lions. This is special. In general, enjoy every moment of it. We'll continue on on the text line. Leave you guys' names and numbers so we can give you guys shout-outs. I think if the Lions clean up all their bad plays, they can beat anybody. If the Lions clean up their defense, they can beat anyone, including Philly and San Fran. Detroit was not as good as the Lions. uh, Detroit was not as good as the Lions team this year, and Detroit nearly beat a Super Bowl Philly team last year. That's true. It was week one. Teams look a lot different by the end of the year. But yeah, you're right. And then guess what they did week one this year? They actually beat Super Bowl champs. This person who's texting in also says, oh, they, they did leave a name. Jay, James, we need to spy on mobile quarterbacks with safeties and corners. My advice to Detroit, keep drafting Alabama players and players from SEC schools. Yeah, you're at the point now where it's just, why would you not? Brian Branch. Jameer Gibbs, Jamison Williams. All these dudes from Bama just work. Crazy logic. How it took the Lions this long to figure it out, and Brad Holmes just came in and was like, yeah, all, all you have to do is, is draft Alabama players. Oh, who would have thought? Thanks for nothing, old scheme, to be nameless. Uh, Eric from Auburn. I'm glad I got yard work done until three minutes ago in the fourth, or until three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Great ending. The Minnesota loss to Denver was more important than the Lions win. Well, eh, I don't know. The Minnesota loss was huge because it, it shook them off the Lions back a little bit. You no, know, it was, yeah, we know we're going to win this division, but kind of, you know, piss off a little bit. Get away from us. Go away. And they, they did that yesterday. So shout out to Denver for not scoring the first touchdown until two minutes left in the fourth quarter and winning that game. But the way the Lions won that game yesterday, I, I can't stress enough how important that is for this team. The, a win? Yeah, maybe I'd agree with you. But this type of win, the way they did it? My goodness. My goodness. 
As a Michigan fan, I believe we should draft Alabama players. Just keeping it real, Dwayne. Yeah. Draft Alabama players. That's that's the strategy to winning. And speaking of one of those Alabama players, Jamison Williams. Is he starting to gain your trust again? Because right now I'm at a point where I think Jamison Williams is contributing to to winning a lot more than people realize. If you go, if you don't watch these games and you look at the box score, eh, nothing special. Two catches, a touchdown, but that's all. Right? Well, how about when those catches took place? You needed life. You needed some sort of spark. And Jamison Williams ignited that flame. 32-yard touchdown to make it 26-21 to Lions trailed. They needed that. They needed a touchdown fast. Who other to score it than the fastest guy in the field? Timely touchdowns. How about his other catch? He only had two of them. Third and one. Final seconds of the first half. He picks up the first down and gets crushed in the process of it. And that inevitably leads to an Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown for the Lions to score before the half comes to a close. Both of those catches were so crucial for this game. And I told you, he's never going to have as many catches as Amon Ross St. Brown throughout a season, throughout a game. It's just never going to happen. But the way he's catching the ball, the timeliness of it, what he's doing is just as impactful as what Amon Ross St. Brown's doing. Dan Campbell said he's been accepted. And the way he works and the way he goes and blocks, he's starting to run some pretty good routes and he's making some catches. And there's a lot of guys that are beginning to trust him and that's been earned. Quote, he's 22 years old. I think a lot of people wrote this thing off early. And by the way, I think he hired a PR person because while everything was perceived as horrible that he posted online and such for a long time, every action he did was terrible. What video do we see of Jamison Williams after the game yesterday? Him in Detroit handing out turkeys to those in need. He's 22 years old, guys. And every time you see a video of him, he's smiling, he's laughing. I think he knows that his career did not start the way he anticipated it. I think he knows that he had a lot of pressure on him from the people, from the fans, and from within to get better real fast, or else your time was ticking on this team. And over the last three weeks, career high in snaps, career high in uh, zero drops, zero drops, zero drops. Hell, you saw last week, he scored a touchdown before it got called back because of a tic-tac-y Frank Ragnall penalty. He would have scored back-to-back games. He should have scored back-to-back games because of some dumb penalty last week against the Chargers. Doesn't count. Again, he only had two receptions. It's three weeks in a row where he's had two receptions. But it's the timeliness of them. It's when it's happening. It's the impact he has even when he's not catching the ball. He horrifies defenses, guys. Safeties are over top of him. He stretches the field. He's like lightning. If you go look at how the Lions scored on the Jamison Williams play, they stacked Amonra and Jamo. And everyone's so worried about Amonra St. Brown that Jamo slips by everyone. So fast, can't be guarded one-on-one. The importance, his catches are impacting winning in ways that people are not giving him credit for. 
at just 22 years old. He's got a long career of him uh, ahead of him. It's not done. It's far from over. JMO, man. We wrote him off too early. Maybe he never lives up to that 12th overall pick. I'm not trying to sell you on that. But what I am trying to sell you on is something I've been very firm about for months. Maybe he'll have two catches a game. Maybe he'll have three. Don't care. But he's going to catch touchdowns. He's going to catch monster bombs from Jared Goff. He's their deep threat target. Everyone said, oh, they brought DPJ in to replace JMO. DPJ barely played yesterday. And Jamison Williams started for the third consecutive week. Every time he catches the ball, it is impactful. And I get it. At the beginning of his career, there was not a lot of those. There was more drops than catches. But he has turned the corner. Him and Goff are starting to build some chemistry that was clearly not there when he first returned. So can we put the suspension behind him? And can we overlook the fact that he has the weirdest post-game meal in the history of football? Who the hell puts a McFlurry on a McDouble? That's disgusting, J-Mo. I can't believe you're still that fast, but hey, you do you, I'll do me, I'll do my show, and as long as you keep coming up clutch, I'll give you props for it. Have you started to earn more trust in Jamison Williams? Because I'm at the point where I think he's the most, the second most important wide receiver on this team. Is he wide receiver two? It was supposed to be Khalif uh, Raymond or Marvin Jones or Josh Reynolds, who's been, may as well not have been playing the last two weeks. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't showed up on the box score. That over under 33 is starting to seem realistic. He went over that first seven weeks or whatever. Now we're at the point where Jamison Williams, wide receiver two. Are we all happy with that? Can we all be satisfied with wide receiver two? And can we lay off of him a little bit? 989-837-6125. Has he earned your trust, Jamison Williams? And are you completely satisfied with him being the wide receiver two on this team going forward? If you can keep this core together, he's a part of it right now. He's not a Monroe St. Brown. I'm not asking him to be a Monroe St. Brown. I'm asking him to be big play JMO, situational, score touchdowns when you need it. When the Lions needed the most, when they were dead and needed, uh, they, they needed to be brought back to life, JMO sparked that off yesterday. And I think they're going to see more of that because Ben Johnson has been trying all season long to incorporate him into the offense. It was shaky at first. And now look where we are. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. You know, today's show has been centered around the question, was yesterday's game encouraging or was it discouraging? Obviously, the defense had some struggles, which is where I'm at now. There's defensive concerns, obviously. Is this defense right now, today, based on what we've seen 10 games in. Is this team good enough to win a Super Bowl? Is this defense to win a Super Bowl good enough to win a Super Bowl? The answer's kind of simple. Obviously, they're not good to win a Super Bowl on their own. That's not the the staple of this team. That's not what this team is built on. It's not going to be like some old Steelers team or some of those Patriots teams that got them to the Super Bowl. No, 
but are they good enough to squeak by and win one? The Bears had 25 first downs. I think the more concerning stat is they had 40 minutes of possession time. Lions didn't even eclipse 20. The Lions defense struggled to get off the field at times. The Lions defense ranks 16th in PFF, so they're average, to say the least. Where they thrive is the run game. Where they really struggle is getting to the quarterback, which inevitably leads to not being able to cover wide receivers. They allow 27, or they score 27 points per game and allow 22. Allowing 22 points per game is 22nd in the league. But when you go back and look at what Kansas City did last year, you know, defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City allowed, ready, 22 points a game. The Lions' defense this year and Kansas City's defense last year gave up the same amount of points per game. Interesting. So is this team good enough to win a Super Bowl? Well, let's look at the 2021 Rams who, like the Lions this year, scored 27 points per game and allowed 21. Extremely similar. Now, can this defense win a Super Bowl? Not on their own. They're not going to be the reason the Lions won a Super Bowl. But for all the concerns that they have in the playoffs, in the cold weather, against Philadelphia, All you really care about is being able to stop the run, right? And the Lions have been fantastic at that all season long. Here are some facts for you. The Lions defense is far from perfect, but here are some stone cold facts. They've got a guy who's top three in pressures. Since week four, Alex Anzalone has the fifth highest PFF grade. Brian Branch, the NFL's first defensive back rookie. In over a decade with five tackles for a loss in a season. C.J. Garner-Johnson is coming back this year. And this is a PFF top five rushing defense. Guys, this defense has problems. I'm not trying to tell you they're perfect. But I think the offense is good enough to where you can overcome the defensive struggles. And like we talked about in the open, Hutchinson, Brian Branch, C.J. Garner-Johnson, Kirby Joseph, you've got guys capable of making plays. If the 49ers had to go 80 yards, do you trust Brock Purdy to get up and down the field? (laughs) And Kyle Shanahan, who isn't necessarily known for coming back in the fourth quarter. Or do you trust the Lions to somehow step up and make a play? Because we've seen time and time again, they struggle. And then in the fourth quarter, when you need them to get a stop, they get it. That's what happened yesterday. Three different playoff teams. Three different playoff teams from last season scored 30 and still lost. So, if the Lions defense gives up 30 and the Lions offense scores 38, what does it matter? The Lions offense needs to be able to score. And don't you feel like they're capable of beating anyone when they score 40 points? Don't you feel like No matter what defense is on the other side of the football, the Lions offense is capable of throwing 30 points up on the scoreboard? Because I feel that way. Give me the Browns. Give me the Eagles. Don't care what defense it is. The Cowboys. I think the Lions can score 30 on anybody. And if three 
different teams in the playoffs lost last year scoring 30 points, well then, what does it matter what the defense is doing? Defense clearly doesn't matter. It's who, it's who can score more points. Hell, look at last year's Super Bowl. Kansas City, 38. Philadelphia, 35. The Chiefs had an average defense. The Eagles' defense was great, but they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs' offense that was special. Just like this Lions' offense. They do it in different ways, obviously. But you look at this Lions' team, they can score on anybody. They average 27 points a game. That's six in the NFL. And it's skewed by that Ravens game where they only scored six. Since Mahomes has been in the NFL, five of the last seven Super Bowl winners score 30-plus anyway. Don't you feel like the Lions can score 30-plus against anyone? If the Super Bowl is going to be a shootout inevitably in this era of offense, 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 who can score the most points, who can score quick, who can go on these long drives, doesn't that make you feel a little bit better about the Lions' odds? Because I'll tell you what, if you, you go up against... Kansas City, the Eagles had the best defense in the league last year, right? Number one, scoring defense. And Kansas City still scored 38 points on them. Why didn't they win? Well, it wasn't because they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. Nobody can. It's because they didn't score. Jalen Hurts fumbled. So if the Lions need to get in a shootout with someone, which is inevitably what's going to happen in the AFC, when you're going against quarterbacks like Lamar, like... Josh Allen, who might not be in the playoffs, but you know what I mean. Patrick Mahomes. If you need to get in a shootout with these guys who, even with great defenses, you can't stop them, doesn't it make you feel better that the Lions are built on the backs of offensive players, offensive-minded people? They have the best coordinator in the league. Rather than, oh, we're built to win these these 10-3 to games in the cold weather. No. And, and, And let's... Keep in mind the fact that the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas, baby. It's in a dome. It's not in no cold weather. The only cold weather place you might have to play in the playoffs in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles, who play tonight against Kansas City. Guys, if you're a Lions fan, you're a Chiefs fan tonight. Because I'm telling you right now, regardless of what I say, regardless of how good the offense is, I don't know if anybody can win in Philadelphia. It's the toughest place to play. People are crazy. They banned Taylor Swift from their radio stations today. That's a real thing. Yeah. Clevenger's confused in the producer chair. They banned her from being played on the radio. The city's nuts. Nobody's winning there. But if you get home field advantage, if you get the first round by and home field advantage... You get to play in Ford Field. Anything is possible. Someone texted in earlier in the show. They almost beat Philadelphia last year. They beat Kansas City this year in KC. You get those teams at home? Who the hell cares about defense? It's about points. Who can score the most of them? And in Ford Field, there is no reason to not think the Lions can't score 30 on anybody. Sure, another team might score 28. They might effortlessly get up and down the field. They might even score 30, 35. It took 38 points to win the Super Bowl last year. I'm not saying this defense is perfect. I'm not saying they're going to shut down people. But this Lions offense, 
is a machine. It's a unit, and it scores effortlessly at times. If they can stay out of their own way and keep on scoring, keep on piling points, they can beat anybody in the league, regardless of how good or bad the defense is. Best defenses you'll see are all in the NFC. So if you make it out of there, all you got to do is outscore your opponent in the AFC, whether that's the Chiefs, whether that's the Ravens. God, wouldn't you want another crack at the Ravens? I would. In a neutral site in Vegas, if Lamar even makes it there, my goodness. But this game tonight means so much for Detroit. You may as well put Lions fans in that building. Like, like they were in week one. And, and to be clear, I, I want to make one thing clear. If the Eagles lose tonight, the Lions are still not the number one seed. Because of your conference record, the Eagles, still undefeated, would still have that number one seed. But you're one game closer. You got to hope Dallas can get it done. Or someone. Because you look at the Lions' schedule. Green Bay this week, how good does it feel to walk into a Thanksgiving game and think, oh yeah, we're going to win this game, seven and a half point favorites. Then you're in a dome in New Orleans, at Chicago, home Denver, shouldn't lose these games. You're going to put yourself in prime position because Philly's got a rough schedule ahead of them. The Eagles have to play some tough opponents. The Eagles, Bills next week. Then the Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. And then they finish the year Giants, Cardinals, Giants. And who knows, those NFC division games get weird. So do you think this defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl? No. But the offense is. And points are more important than getting stops right now in the NFL. You look at last year's playoffs, you can score 30 points and still lose. Got to be able to score. Lots of points. 38-35. That's the score of the Super Bowl. Scored 35 points and still lost. Got to score more than that. You got to be able to score. And that's where I'm at right now. Tomorrow, we'll get more into the Michigan stuff. We'll get to the game. Wednesday, back to the Lions, baby. We're previewing the game, the Thanksgiving game. My goodness, it feels great. It feels fantastic to walk into a game like that and know Oh, yeah, we're going to win this game. Never in my life have I felt this way, and I, I just can't wait. So, with that being said, thank you for everybody to tuning in to the payoff today on 100.9 The Mitt. Let's have a fun week. It was a fun day. Go Lions. And if you root for that team in Ann Arbor, congratulations. You had such a fun week. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it.